Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me feature amazing people from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I have hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Personal ads began to appear in periodicals in the 1690s. Although these early postings, unlike today's, emphasized social and economic status over the possibility of love or anything erotic, by the early 19th century, however, personal ads became a tool for the middle and upper class to find love and courtship. Of course, many people back then were more anxious to find a spouse due to shorter lifespans and the desire to elevate one's status. They also took time in courting a potential mate and did so in private. In fact, courting in public would have been frowned upon by society. The strict social rules of the time would not have allowed for the concept of dating, much less dating multiple partners. In fact, the word date was first coined by Chicago columnist George Ade, although unintentionally in his column in 1896. He wrote of Artie, a clerk whose girlfriend was beginning to lose interest in him and seeing other men. Artie, in confronting his fading love, makes reference to the other men filling all his dates. In her book, Labor of Love, The Invention of Dating, American author Moira Weigel explores the history of over 100 years of dating. She explains that the first women that were single and dating strangers were actually arrested for prostitution. She goes on to say that after centuries of women's financial status being dictated by the men around them, the notion of women on their own gave society pause. Single women in Chicago were actually known as women adrift. As more and more women became courted publicly, efforts were undertaken to put to rest what the authorities believed to be a public danger. Weigel writes that in the early 1900s, vice commissions across the country sent police and undercover investigators to check out spots where people wanted to make dates. Subsequently, based on the reports of the women being morally loose and implications of the relationships lying solely on sexual intimacy, more and more investigations were funded, including numerous ones by John D. Rockefeller Jr., the son of Standard Oil founder. These women that did not accept any money for their favors on dates became known as charity girls. As time passed, authorities became so exhausted with the ever-growing trend of charity girls and dating that it started to be viewed as less taboo and instead more romantic. And over time, social, social rules for dating have transformed as society has evolved and expe expectations have changed. Colleges becoming co-ed, for example, made it easier to meet one of the opposite sex. Dances and parties were no longer solely relied on for that purpose. And with the invention of computers came the birth of online dating. In 1959, a student project conducted at Stanford became the first known computer dating service when an IBM determined similarities between 98 subjects based on a 30-question profile. In 1965, Harvard student Tarr co-founded Operation Match, which was used by more than a million daters. Fast forward to 1995, the launch of the first online dating site by engineer Gary Kremen, who actually said straight to the camera in his first interview, Match.com will bring more love to the planet than anything since Jesus Christ. And in 2004, four Harvard students launched OkCupid. In 2005, three PayPal employees dreamt up a video dating site called TuneIn Hookup, but they later scrapped this and created YouTube. 
By 2009, 61% of same-sex couples found their partners online. According to Forbes, the U.S. alone has 2,500 dating sites, with about 1,000 new dating sites being launched every year, and with nearly 8,000 sites worldwide. According to the Statistic Brain Research Institute, more than 49.7 million Americans have tried online dating. Based on a survey, they also proved that interest outranks looks online with a 64 to 49% split. Of course, with the rise in sites and increased online presence, the online dating industry annual revenue is over $1.9 billion. Statistically, there are more men online dating than women, and men usually lie about their height and money, and women about their weight and age. There is also a high percentage of online daters that are already in a relationship. Conversely, however, a majority of people dating online today are looking for something substantial and less of a hookup. Even Tinder, despite its bad rap, reported 80% of its people are looking for a serious relationship. Will online dating continue to be the norm in dating? And what are some of the new social issues that have emerged because of the latest trends in dating? What are the challenges of today that make dating and even maintaining a committed relationship so tough? Will we ever get back to courting? And what does the future have in store for those still trying to find love? Today, I have the pleasure of having the host and creator of The Great Love Debate, Brian Howie, on my show. He will share insights and knowledge on dating, love, and relationships that he has collected over the years from the world's greatest social experiment on love, The Great Love Debate. We will also open up the phone lines later so you can ask Brian for advice on dating and love or lack of. So stick around after this quick break. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today, I have the pleasure of having the host and creator of The Great Love Debate, Brian Howie, on my show. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, good. Where are you joining us from, by the way? Washington, D.C. Ooh, look at you. How's the weather out there? Washington-ish in May. It's all right. It's nice. It could rain any minute. Okay. All right. Well, it's sunny here, so you're missing out. So. Oh, yeah. It's. I missed the six sunny days there. I missed one of them. (laughs) You did. So how did the great love debate come about? Um, It started, I wrote a book about five years ago. It was sort of a satirical satirical, uh, dating book called How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. And um, my manager at the time said, rather than 
do a book tour with you and 20 people in a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, let's raise some of the questions that my book raised in sort of an open town hall style setting. And we're supposed to do one of those. And then we did three of those. And now we're up to three tomorrow night in DC will be 368 show in 94 cities and 10 countries around the world. So okay. it blew up. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So tell me a little bit about the format. Is there a, a onstage presence? Yeah, it is a ta- it's town hall style, which means that the, the dialogue sort of flows from the audience to our stage versus if you had a seminar or panel discussion where you have people on stage and then the audience react to that. It's the opposite of that. The dialogue flows from the men to the women, between the men and the women. And then on our stage, we have a handful of celebrities and media personalities and dating coaches and authors and all kind of stuff sort of reacting to whatever the audience says they're sort of the greek chorus to the proceedings okay. agreeing disagreeing challenging all that kind of stuff every show's different every night's different every crowd's different um but hopefully it goes somewhere yeah so 366 shows yep so how many cities and how many countries 94 cities uh we're at nine or ten countries i think by now something like that um, and we're adding a whole bunch more. We're going to Australia. We're going to Israel. We're going back to London. And we've been to Hong Kong. And we've been to Shanghai. And we've been to Singapore. And we've been to Bangkok. And we've been to Canada. And we've been to Paris. And you know, we've been to a bunch of places. And mm-hmm. it's the one place that anywhere you and one thing that anywhere you go in the world, people want to have a conversation about love, dating, sex, relationships. Yeah, exactly. So, and that that kind of answers my next question about: Do you offer other variety shows? Is it just for singles? Are there different audiences? No. I mean, we've had every possible demographic denomination we've had. We've had marriage shows. We've had senior citizen shows, college shows, Asian shows, LGBT shows, um, Jewish shows, Christian shows. Every possible, you know, sort of demographic, we have given them their sort of their own say. But no matter which audience or which demographic we're targeting, it really comes down to confidence and communication wherever we are and, where, and, and whatever it is. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities that you wouldn't think ahead of time. Okay. So confidence and communication. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Well, we've sort of, especially now in 2019, you brought up the online dating thing earlier. We have sort of lost the confidence to engage face-to-face. We want to hide behind our, our Facebook pages and our dating profiles and our Tinder apps and all those kind of things. It seems very unusual now the more ways we have to communicate, the more we're not quite in sync on, on how to do it. So, you know, what these shows do is they sort of two things. They enable congregation. Sometimes they enable inebriation, and sometimes, <laughs> and, but they always enable communication and putting that many people in a room and sort of in, influencing them to speak their mind and have their say, you know, they sort of show up at our shows thinking they're the only one that feels a certain way mm-hmm. and they, by the end of 90 minutes or so, they realize that, huh, I'm not alone. Everybody is, is a little frustrated and hopefully a little hopeful. And, uh, and that goes a long, long way. The walls come down. That's our job. Okay. And then is it the same then for married shows that you do? I mean, the married show, I was, I'm always shocked at how much uh, PlayStation and porn comes up in married shows, okay. but I think so. I think that husband and wives, sometimes husband and wives too quickly or, or too much turn into mom and dad and they've forgotten how to date each other and they've forgotten how to flirt and they've forgotten that they were 
you know, they're in love and, and in a relationship and a romantic and a sexual one. And so a lot of the same issues come up. So sometimes marriages break down over communication and marriages break down over confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, I can't win at this. I, uh, you know, and um, so we deal with that a lot. Okay. And you had brought up a good point. So with online dating apps kind of um, interfering with people's confidence or lowering people's confidence, don't you believe also that social media apps have done the same like Facebook? I mean, we're always comparing ourselves to everyone else. Uh, yeah, but I'm not as anti-technology as everybody else. I, I think it's just going to take a while to shake out. I think we're in mm-hmm. like a 10-year period. I mean, back in the 1930s, some woman was probably like, I can't believe that jerk called me, you know, <laughs> and it probably seemed crazy then. And right. I think I think that we are in a, you know, only about 10 years now where people, people really had to do at least a, a significant portion of their dating through the internet. We had a girl who came to our show, um, and even that's controversial. Some, some, if I say girl, some, some women get mad. And if I say woman, some girls get mad. You never know what to say, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with girl. Um, (laughs) came to our show in Chicago. She shared an Uber pool with a guy, which is a shared ride. She couldn't wait to get out of the car to find him online to say hello to him. So rather than turn her head right and speak to him, that seems so unnatural in 2019. She wanted to go home, hide behind Tinder, find him <laughs> there, and then do it because it seemed crazy to do that. Wow. And uh, and I think that it's going to come back around again because okay. I think a lot of people are trying to find these answers. And yes. At least at least our audience. If you're coming to our show, you you generally a lot of people used to can't come to our show to want to be validated in their misery, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's come around a little bit. Most people come to our show are really like okay. It's challenging now. It's different. It's changing. I want to figure out how to do better. Yeah, they're looking for answers. Yeah, they're looking for answers. And I always say our job was to raise the questions more than to give the answers. But we've had 94,000 people come to these shows. We do have a lot of the answers. Yeah, you do. All right. Well, that's great. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're going to have to take a quick break. But remember, this is a live show today all about love. So if you have questions for Brian Howie, feel free to call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. Hey everyone, I'm Haley. And I'm Megan, and we host Sage Sisters Podcast. We're former sorority bitches who have turned into wellness witches. Behind us are the days of college parties, Seattle bar hopping, and random happy hours. Now we're seeking the secrets of true wellness and self-care. Every Friday, we release new episodes chronicling our exploration of alternative energy healing modalities, spiritual wellness, and intuitive development. You can find us by searching Sage Sisters wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can download and subscribe to our episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We've both found incredible healing through multiple forms of energy work and want to spread the love. So look up Sage Sisters podcast and join in on your own spiritual wellness exploration. Download and subscribe to Sage Sisters podcast. And if you like, throw us a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget, go Sage Yourself. 
Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to tune in right here every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today, I have the pleasure of having the host and creator of the great love debate, Brian Howie, on my show. And you have a question for Brian about dating, online dating, love, relationships, etc.? Then call in 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Brian, before the break, you were saying that you think that we're starting to turn around and we're playing catch up. I sorry, do you hear a siren go by? DC's a rough Now town. I hear it. Um, <laughs> okay. Um I think the period between uh one week before, I always say between 11 to 2016, which is one week before the Trump election uh-huh. and the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, those two years, and it's about two years, were the most challenging in the last 50 as far as men and women. Okay. So the height of the Me Too stuff, the height of the disconnect, the height of the anger, the height of all those things. What I've noticed, though... And what the Brett Kavanaugh thing did, whether you agreed with him or not, there were a lot of women who were like, where are we drawing the line? What are we doing here? How far? There were a lot of questions that that could be raised that weren't just Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. There There was a lot of layers and complicated voices. And what that did, if you took the dating pool, about 10% of the women are like, I'm right, men are terrible, I'm justified, I've always thought that, and I'm out. 
-hmm. And then about 10% of the men are like, I'm never going to win this. I'm out. Hmm. And what you're left with is what I call a leaner cut of love. <laughs> and the people that are in it are like, okay, I need to figure out how to deal with this if I want to be happy. So right. we've noticed in the last six months, no matter where we've gone and in 2019, people are asking questions. And, and the men, I think, have a pretty clear idea of what the women do not like and what, do not, and what they do not want. They're a little less clear on what the women do like and do want because the women are not so clear on what they do like and do want. And so that, you know, men are sort of let us know and we'll do that. And mm -hmm. the women, there's a little bit of girl on girl crime going with this stuff. But, okay. you know, the people yeah. that are in the dating pool now, I think, are willing or they're up for the challenge. They're committed. Yeah, yeah. they're committed. <laughs> for lack of a better term. So yeah, they're committed to the process to see it through to the other side. Right, right. You know, you know, high pressure systems be bring up bright sunny sky. Okay. So we say meteorology one one. So having done so many shows and collected so much data, um, mm -hmm. I bet you can sit here and tell me now the top five best U.S. cities to date in. The top five cities I think for this year are um, right here in Washington D.C. is number one. Uh, last year's winner, Minneapolis, Minnesota is number two. Milwaukee was number three. Chicago was number four. And um, I forget what the other one is. Maybe Nashville? Nashville. I got to look it up. Okay. The middle of the country, uh, generally speaking, is better than than the coasts. Why is the that? The men and the women do hang out together. They do socialize together. They do a lot of things together. You go to Chicago. You'll see 100 men and women watching a game, playing sports, hanging out at 6 o'clock. You go to a right. place like Charlotte, it looks like a school dance where men are on one side and women are on the other until somebody's drunk enough to cross the room. Uh -huh. And uh, and sort of everywhere in between. So, you know, cities that are, that are vibrant are really good. Cities that people are like, I live in an awesome place. Uh -huh. uh, oh, Charlotte was the fifth one. Okay, Charlotte. Um, people are committed to that city, so they're not like... I don't know if I'm going to stay here. I don't know if this is the right place. I don't know if the city's going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And once somebody's committed to a city, they're committed to, I'm going to go on a, you know, a day. If you, and I'm, you know, from New York city, if people, people in New York city are like, how much longer do I have to stay here? Mm. Uh, and Atlanta was going through that. When we first started the tour, Atlanta was sort of in a weird place. And people were like, I don't know how much longer I can deal with Atlanta. Atlanta is in a great place now and you can feel the difference in dating. People hmm. are committed and they're like, I'm going to stay here 10 years. Let's go out. Yeah. And I remember because um, I went to your great love debate and I remember yeah. you saying that if you want to know how dating is in a city to go out and see how people mingle in a bar. Right. You had said that. And so people yeah. that are actually talking I do. to in, each in other. Seattle, <laughs> you see two people on a date and you will uh, see a guy with his headphones on listening to music. Uh -huh. It's a really strange thing. Los Angeles, you'll see two people sitting next to each other looking at the door to see who else is there. Mm -hmm. You know, New York, even if it's a group of people, they're only talking to who they went out with. So you can really sort of see a fabric of a city. You, you, um, when we've been to China, you see men and women out on dates all over the place. It looks like the 1950s. Oh, wow. They don't have Facebook. They don't have Tinder. And sadly, but most importantly, they don't have porn. <laughs> and so you know it helps them out 
<laughs> guy wants to see something, he's got a feeder. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And it, okay. and it looks, it's kind of, not good reasons, but it's kind of cute. You right, know? right. Okay. So why is DC number one? DC is number one for a few reasons. And, I, and I'm in DC now and they are so mad that they're number one. I don't uh, understand you that. that. You would think that would make people happy, but people want to have an excuse. And they're like, it's not me, it's the city. And I'm like, oh, it's it's you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, there's three basic reasons why, why D.C. is number one. First of all, the pool that most women want to fish in, for lack of a better term, is that career-driven, educated, motivated man. And there are more of them here than just about anywhere, at least in the U.S. Secondly, there are... There's a diverse, vibrant community of new people coming here every single day from all over the world. There's every flavor you could want. There's every language you could want. There's every culture you could want. And there's a continuous supply. You know, we've done shows in Cleveland where uh, somebody would freak out and say, nobody's moving here. We have to figure this out. You don't have that feeling of this is my last person I'm going to meet. This is my last shot in D.C. Mm -hmm. But the number one reason, and it may not be the best reason, but DC is a city where people will have their fun while they're career motivated. So they're not just a place like San Francisco where they're all about, I got to get to the top of the company and then I'll go have a beer. Mm-hmm. Here they'll sort of work and play balance is really, really good here. People will do that in their 20s, but in their 30s, the urgency to meet and settle down and get married is equal by the men to the women. If only because you don't want to be 43 as a guy and kicking around and trying to get a job at a law firm. They think you're unstable. They won't hire you. Hmm. And so it literally is perceived as a good thing to be in a stable family relationship here. Again, not the most romantic, Uh but the sense of urgency among the men matches that of the women here like no other city in the U.S. Okay. All right. So now I hate to ask you this, but what is the worst U.S. city to date in? You're sitting in the worst U.S. city, <laughs> Seattle. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, well, we started the, for, for two years. First two years, the first year of the tour, Santa Barbara, California, we named the worst city. Okay. Um, they don't show you that in the brochure. You know, the, the newlywed and the nearly dead, that's Santa Barbara. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania was our worst the next two years. Um because the men were just unreachable. They were just primitive jerks, for lack of a better term. But then the Eagles won, and, they, and, and the men did that to change their mindset. They were, they were a little less angry. They had a little less internal <laughs> strife. Uh-huh. Uh, then the fourth year, it was Denver, Colorado, which uh, the men are just so passive and stoned, and the women are like, <laughs> if we really wanted to go hiking all, all the time, they should serve wine on top of the mountain. Like, that, that's it. Okay. But Seattle won this year yeah how'd we take the cake such a large margin (laughs) first of all well we'll start with the basics the weather there is a real thing yes it is not only is it dark and gloomy and depressing people walk around without umbrellas there pretending it's not raining like they wear their (laughs) rei coat and they're squinting and they can't see each other and they're getting rain rain in the face if you can't even pay attention to people around you you're not going to go on a date you're sure not going to hit and you're in a hurry. Like the weather is gloomy. It's depressing. That is a bad, bad recipe to begin with. Secondly, you have this terrible combination of independent and agitated women and socially awkward and entitled men. And that is a really bad combo. There's okay. a lot of, you know, let's just take the tech industry in, in Seattle. A lot of men there 
right. you know, sort of hand in hand, so it's socially awkward, but they feel a sense of, I have a good job. I make a lot of money. And I was told that you would go out with me if, if I got to that point. <laughs> right. And the women are like, well, I have a good job and I have a lot of money and I, I don't need you for that. <laughs> and the men are both, they're frustrated. They're a little angry. They're a little afraid. Uh-huh. You know, when we do a show in New York, a guy gets the microphone and, he's, and he thinks, if I say something, I'm going to get lucky tonight. When we do the show in Seattle, a guy thinks, if I say something, I'm going to get laughed at tonight. Hmm. There's a fundamental difference that there's not only just a, there's not a stoned passivity like in Denver. There's a little bit like, I, not only is she going to reject me, everybody's going to see me get rejected, which is a weird, oddly narcissistic way for somebody without some confidence to look at it. And I'm like, nobody's paying any attention to you. Nobody will care right. if she rejects you. And and the juice is worth the squeeze. Like, take a shot, buddy. Uh-huh. And the guys in Seattle are just like, give me the video game. I'm out. <laughs> wow. Well, I hate yeah. to interrupt you again, but we're going to have to take a quick break. And I want to get okay. back to how we remedy that. But remember, if you have a question for Brian around love, dating, relationships, online dating, etc., call in 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss rhinophyma. This is a skin disorder in which the nose becomes enlarged and bulbous and may even look red and distorted. Rhinophyma, oftentimes called the drinker's nose or alcoholic nose, actually is not caused by the consumption of alcohol at all. In fact, the University of South Florida Mersani College squashed that theory in 2015 when many of their patients that participated in their study revealed that they did not drink or did not drink regularly. Although alcohol consumption can indeed dilate blood vessels and make the condition worse, the actual cause of rhinophyma is unknown. It is, however, a subtype of rosacea, which is an anti-inflammatory skin disease. This chronic inflammation causes broken blood vessels and pustules around the nose, associating it with the alcoholic nose. Other risk factors for developing rhinophyma are being male, middle-aged, having fair skin, and a family history of rosacea. It is most common in men ages 50 to 70. As time progresses with rhinophyma, people may notice the tip of their nose turning deep red as well as growing in odd directions. Other symptoms include enlarged pores, thickened skin, scarring, dry or oily skin, as well as lumps on the nose due to growth of extra connective tissue. There are a few treatments available for rhinophyma, including topical vitamin A, oral and topical antibiotics, as well as more aggressive treatments like surgery. Surgical options for rhinophyma include dermabrasion, cryosurgery, sharp excision, and CO2 laser resurfacing. Of course, all of these options are not a cure for rhinophyma, and most often, symptoms can return, especially after surgery. But they still can address and even prevent permanent disfigurement. Making changes to one's diet and lifestyle can help too, like avoiding spicy foods, alcohol, caffeine, extreme temperatures, physically exfoliating the face and staying out of direct sunlight. And although rhinophyma is a benign condition, three to 10% of people diagnosed with rhinophyma also have occult basal cell carcinoma, a type of skin cancer. If you are concerned you may be suffering from rhinophyma, it would be wise to see a medical provider to get diagnosed right away. 
Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way for just $65. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your criticisms, your questions, and well wishes. Let me know how I am doing. Today, I have the pleasure of having the host and creator of The Great Love Debate, Brian Howie, on my show. And if you have a question for Brian around dating, online dating, love, relationships, call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Brian, before the break, you were telling us how uh, Seattle ranked as the worst city to date in this year. So how can we remedy dating in Seattle? Besides moving out of Seattle, <laughs> yes. I can remedy dating. Yes. Planes leave every day to warmer, sunnier places. Um, I think everybody's got to get out of their comfort zone. I, it's crazy that the the discomfort zone in Seattle actually people actually treat it like a comfort zone. They mm-hmm. sort of go through this nine month malaise in order to be like, well, it'll get better for forty five days in the summer. It's the nice here. That's almost like the Stockholm syndrome. It's like a hostage to your own city. Everybody needs to realize that the answers lie just outside of your comfort zone every single day. The men need to understand that she does want you to approach you. She does want you to say hello to her. She does want you to, God forbid anybody in Seattle would actually get a ring, an umbrella, hold an umbrella for her. <laughs> you know, they would do that. And like, yeah, hold it, start by buying umbrella and, and understanding it's raining. Okay. It's very chivalrous to have an umbrella. It's very chivalrous to do all of those things. If women love you holding the umbrella. I, I was in Seattle, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? I didn't see an umbrella, but I saw a lot of rain. It was crazy. <laughs> um, Plus, an umbrella yeah. will allow the, the man other, to wear nice the shoes. Other thing the women need, I always say that the women need the men to try harder and the men need the women to make it easier, okay? So you have to meet each other halfway. Okay. He needs to, 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 you know, take a chance, take a risk, say hello, do whatever you got to do, and she has to recognize that there's opportunities around her every single day that she needs to recognize, act on, and not kill just because she has it in her mind that none of these, I don't know, 2,000 men that she's within 10 yards of every single day of her life are not going to be the right one for her. She has to stop looking for who's the wrong one and look for, well, let me find the handful that are the right ones because they're out there, Mm -hmm. even in Seattle. Okay. All right. And start with an umbrella. Start with an umbrella and go from there. All right. So what are some online dating do's and don'ts, since we have a lot of online dating here in Seattle? Well, too many people, I notice this, bring too much negativity to their profiles. Uh, No Trumpers, not looking for a hookup, you know, all these kind of things. That doesn't help because, first of all, if the guy's looking for a hookup, he doesn't care that you put knowledge for a hookup. He doesn't really care. And so what you're doing is you're bringing negativity into a new experience with somebody you really haven't met yet or really haven't, like, you wouldn't do that in real life. You wouldn't walk up to somebody in, uh, in Starbucks and just start complaining to them. I mean, I would, but I'm from New York, mm-hmm. you know? But it's, it, it's, 
it's about the energy you're you're leading with. You need to, to give everybody needs to sort of paint a picture of what your life is like and what it could be like with the right person because that's a lot more positive, a lot, a lot more hopeful, and uh, don't be afraid to show some personality. Okay. You know, a lot of you know, I love uh, you know the office is not personality. Uh, you know, people tend to to make a list of like five things they're looking for, but really that's five out of like a million things they're looking for. And people are really trying to hit the bullseye a little too, a little too closely. So you have to expand your comfort zone. You need to get rid of the words, not my type. Hmm. If you're over 30 and you're still single, you have no type. Your type's not working out for you. <laughs> okay. and, what, and what I mean by that is <laughs> your answers are going to lie somewhere beyond where you thought they Laid, lied. Okay. Uh-huh. I have a very expensive English degree. I should know this. <laughs> um, something like that. Okay. So we shouldn't be so picky? Definitely shouldn't be so picky. Okay. You know? And, uh, and focus a little more on what you do like and what you don't do want. And especially women, when I ask them this, I'm like, what do you like? What do you want? And the list of what they don't like and don't want is right there. It is um. ready to go. Because they have spent far more time focusing on that. I've you know, to death, I've said the women look for red flags and the men look for green lights. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And so you have got to sort of flip that mindset. Okay. All right. And do you recommend then for dating in Seattle that people do not only do online apps, but also do those um, those singles activities? Yeah, you need to do both. If you were looking for a job, you would absolutely put your resume on LinkedIn uh-huh. and on ZipRecruiter and all those things. And you would absolutely try and, you know, hit up your, your social network and expand that. Like, you have to do both. You can't just, you know, for years I've been like, oh, get your head out of your app, and I would say the best dating site is Earth, and I would have all these clever little things. But I don't believe entirely that. Like, you, you've got to do both. You've got to put the technology to your advantage. And if you're uncomfortable around people of the opposite sex, like, if you're a woman and you just haven't, you know, spoken to a lot of guys, Go to Home Depot and just start asking for help. Seriously. <laughs> like, can I caulk this? Goes a long way with a bunch of dudes. Okay. If you're a guy, go to Bed Bath & Beyond, grab two towels and say, well, do these work? You'll have 100 women want to talk to you. Like, you're going to have to look for excuses to engage out of your house. All right. Okay. And do you see online dating going away or changing anytime soon? No. Online dating is definitely not going away. I think the... In a good way, I think the game, the, the, the net, you know, the sort of the major apps are still Bumble and Tinder. And uh, the next one, the one that's going to come, is the one who some, somehow gamifies, incentivizes them to move offline and meet. I think that's that there's going to be got to be some sort of reward to as quickly as possible. She says, "Let's go get donuts, mm, okay. or 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 meet me for ice cream, or something like that." Like, like, I think that that's the next phase in that is make it faster, pleasant enough online, and move it out. Yeah. Okay. So less of the crumbing. These pen, yeah, people get stuck in these pen pal uh-huh. <laughs> because you know, a guy can go back and forth. The asking her out is terrifying to a lot of guys. Not just not just because he might she might say yes or no. It's I have no idea what this person wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anything about her, so he's scared to even 
come up with anything. Okay. You know? So that's so, that's the purpose of crumbing. It'll probably then. be like it'll be two people meeting, and then Amazon rewards them with a gift card, and they got to go spend it at a, at a Whole Foods, and it'll go from there. Like I think that's the future of it. Okay. Or maybe I just had a billion dollar idea and I just gave it to you for free. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So then, do you think that also these online behaviors will disappear? The ghosting and crumbing and catfishing. I don't think ghosting is new. I think we're just talking about it now. Ghosting's been around forever. When you used to go out with somebody 15 years ago and you didn't like them, you didn't call them back and tell them you didn't like them. You just didn't <laughs> talk to them anymore. And we were fine with it. People are just babies now. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's fine. If you're out with somebody once, I understand after six months of dating, you probably should do something. But after one or two times, or, or even if you were chatting online for a while, that person doesn't know you anything because he doesn't even know you and you don't even know them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I advise everybody to handle it Shark Tank style. You guys watch Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of like, <laughs> I like you, I'm not feeling it, and for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Clean, done, one sentence is fine. But I am not as like, oh, my God, we're ghosting. It's a big problem as possible. And where you brought breadcrumbing, it's been going on since the, since Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, people got to toughen up Seattle. Right. Well, don't you think crumbing, though, is buying you time, just like you were saying, to get to so know what? the person? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you don't know, you know, two people who want to get to know each other are going to get to know each other. Right. You know, I'm not like, you know, go out three times or 100 days or anything. I think you want to get to 100 hours as quickly as possible. Okay. It's been 100 hours with a person. That could take six weeks or that could take, sorry, ambulances go by. Somebody's 100 hours or up. <laughs> um, you know, you spend a hundred hours with somebody. At that point, you can decide: Do I want to have a relationship with them? I'm not even talking about sex. You have sex in ten minutes if you like each other. Mm-hmm. But if if a hundred hours get to that point, okay, and then make make your decision. One hundred hours. So One hundred right. hours is the real amount of time when you're like, are we going to try and go down a road for fifty years here? Okay. You know. And so what can we do as men and women, not in terms of online dating, but in dating and relationships and love in general? What is it our, what's our responsibility? Or what do you think we can do to maintain? I think our responsibility is to um, be, more, be more hopeful, be more positive about it. If you're tired of, uh, if you've been out on 30 first dates in a row and you haven't gotten to a second date, it's absolutely not that you went out with 30 bad people. It's that you are not very good at first date. Like, everybody's got to take personal responsibility for their own dating space. Mm. Um, and understand that. That's good. I always say it's never been that you haven't met the right person yet. It is almost always that you haven't been the right person yet. Mm. And so people need to do the work. People, And I'm no better. Like, I, when we first, first um, started doing great love debates, I was like, Women like me, the dating's not hard. What, what are you guys talking about? And I was like Jerry Springer. And then about halfway through the second year, I was like, these people are talking and feeling and experiencing things. I don't even know what they're talking about. And it's, I went to therapy. Hmm. And when I went to therapy, you realize, like, you know, maybe five-year-old Brian had some love issues and all those kind of things. And you start to do the work. You start to unpeel the layers. And I think the last layer is always going to be happiness. And people are afraid to go to the layer beyond that because it's scary to get through that and I think everybody's got to do the work and ask the questions of themselves before they're just like all the men suck and all the women are bitches and all yeah. that kind of stuff it's, a, it's lazy you need to take responsibility for it in every city 
there's there's possibilities everywhere, every day, and uh, you got to find them. Okay. Or know how to find them. Or yeah. just listen to the love debate. <laughs> well, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Hey, everyone. I'm Haley. And I'm Megan. And we host Sage Sisters Podcast. We're former sorority bitches who have turned into wellness witches. Behind us are the days of college parties, Seattle bar hopping, and random happy hours. Now we're seeking the secrets of true wellness and self-care. Every Friday, we release new episodes chronicling our exploration of alternative energy healing modalities, spiritual wellness, and intuitive development. You can find us by searching Sage Sisters wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can download and subscribe to our episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We've both found incredible healing through multiple forms of energy work and want to spread the love. So look up Sage Sisters Podcast and join in on your own spiritual wellness exploration. Download and subscribe to Sage Sisters Podcast. And if you like, throw us a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget, go sage yourself. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Next week on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. Why it's actually good for you to suck at something. Award-winning journalist Karen Rinaldi explores how sucking at something rewires the brain and helps with our health and sanity. We'll also hear from Laura Scroff, who first said no to a stranger on the street who asked her for money. But after pausing a moment, she asked one question of the young boy, which led to a life-changing situation for both of them. Catch us live on Mondays at noon Pacific and again Fridays at 6 a.m. Find more details at conversationslive.net. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of having the host and creator of The Great Love Debate, Brian Howie, on my show. And thanks for joining us back. So what is your end game with The Great Love Debate? What is my end game? Um, I mean, I like the, I'm like i in the passionate conversation business, so I don't think that, that you're ever going to run out of ways to sort of slice this apple and have this conversation and, and do better. Um, I think I just am trying to figure out more ways to have it and engage more people in having it and uh 
you know, I, last year, at the end of last year, I was like, this is it, no more, I'm out. But I was mostly tired of the logistics of the traveling and the rain in Seattle. But, mm-hmm. you know, three nights in Singapore, and I was like, great love today, let's do it. And uh, I'm in. I'm in for at least two more years. Okay. Um, you know, and, and try and shift the, the dialogue and, and move the discussion in a more positive place. Like, I think we got through, knock on wood, the hardest, two years we've had in a long, long time, and we'll see where we go for the for the next two years. So. All right. And what have you personally gained from doing the Great Love Debate? Uh, I got asked that the other day uh, by Nightline, ABC's Nightline asked that tough question. <laughs> so do <Okay>. you. <laughs> and they're like, what is this? And I think when they said that, I realized that every question I'm asking of somebody else, I'm secretly asking of me. Mm. and I'm hiding it behind, like I'm couching it in a little candy and handing it out. But secretly, I'm I'm trying to find out how I can be better, what I can do better, you know, and improve. I think I'm 5% of where I was five years ago and 5% of where I need to go, you okay. know? So there's a, long, there's a long way ahead. Work in progress, like we all are and should be. If you think you're done, I hate this when women, when people say it takes two complete people to get together. We're never complete. We're constantly evolving. So yeah. you know, as long as you're both constantly doing the work, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we're all a work in progress. You know, right, right, yeah. So, have you found your true love match? I hope so. All we'll right. see. <laughs> So what are your next upcoming shows? Uh, we've got shows upcoming in uh, Washington, D.C. tomorrow night, New York City, uh, Boston, Chicago, Nashville, Cleveland, Sydney, Perth, Bangkok, Tel Aviv. We're definitely going to come back to Seattle in the fall. Okay. Vegas, Los Angeles. We have a whole bunch. GreatLoveDebate.com has our tour schedule and. uh we keep adding to it, and I keep getting lured to exotic lands to talk about this stuff. All right. All right. So I wanted to ask you, too, um, I know that there's kind of different generations that are also, do you think that that's affecting relationships and dating as well, like as far as millennials? Millennials can be, is, I, always, I always use the example of, of Los Angeles or San Diego is a little bit like millennial dating, meaning You can go through a day and have a very satisfying, pleasant experience without ever having to sit across from somebody you don't know for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same with millennial dating. There are so many ways for them to be entertained and engage with each other that why would you ask a girl out? Why would you, you know? So their incentive, the rise of the independent millennial is a big thing. Um... I think, you know, societally we've changed. I don't think physiologically we've changed. So I think they get mad when I say this. I'm like, I think they'll grow out of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, realize we still need each other and want each other, hopefully. Okay. And uh, go from there. But I think they're just a little bit slower to to dive in, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're hopeful. I don't know who I, don't know who I am at 30. I'm supposed to know who you are. Like, that's the way I look at it. Take your time, everybody. All right. So you're hopeful for all of us. I'm hopeful for most of us. Get those umbrellas. <laughs> Get umbrellas, 100 hours. 100 hours, put in the time, do the work. Yeah, you know? 
Do, doing yeah. the work is the biggest part. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here today, Brian. Thanks for having me. All right. And thanks, Eric, my rad producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as my podcast on Podcast One, Love From The Hip, and that's HYP. And if you really love the show and are interested in supporting it through advertising or you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at sakuraatlovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya.